Is that how we're just going to refer to each other? You know what? We're more, our identities are more than just our jobs. We're people. Josh, tell the listeners something about, tell the audience something about you. Did you have a good relationship with your father? Um, Some hobbies? Um, Did you have a dream last night? Was it a nightmare? Tell everyone about you. I bet Super Mario Brothers movie to be the highest grossing film of 2023 yesterday. Really? Wait a minute. That's not true. That is not true. 30, 35 to 1. Great value. That is, I, I, no, I don't even want to know where you went for that. Because, like, I'm someone who I watch every moment of every Oscars. Um, and, and, and I don't want to get if, – if you tell me where I could go for that, I feel that I would go down a very dangerous rabbit hole. No, but I, I don't think it is. I think as betters, I think there are bigger edges, uh, especially on your end, if you're following the Oscars. The Oscar numbers are out right now, and obviously there's uh, what, there's a big list of people who can win uh, new uh, best picture now. I'm not, I'm not giving out any advice on it. I just know that there's just great future odds for, as I bring it up, Oscars, awards, futures. Uh, what do you, off the top of your head, who do you think is winning uh, best picture? Uh, best picture, everything, every, everyone, everything all at once. That's what I got winning it. Yeah, so that's moved to minus 250. There was a point last week that betters could have got it quicker uh, before everyone was announced. I think you probably could have got it at like maybe plus 200. So there was some value out there for sure. Ah. And these markets, I know, but the, the limits are a little lower, but like I could only get down a few bucks on the Super Mario Brothers thing. But that's like the number 15 betting favorite. Uh, I mean, we all have Marvel fatigue. We all, I don't know, John Wick's not winning it. Rocky's not winning it. Little Mermaid is like the number five betting favorite. Yeah, so. What's number one? I got to know. What's number one? Spider-Man. Is there another Spider-Man movie coming out? Yeah, uh, another Spider-Man movie. It comes out in July. And then you have to go into handicapping it. It comes out in July. Does that affect how much money they can bring in? Or Super Mario Brothers that comes out in April, so it's right. the same. It's, it's the same problem of handicapping sports. It's just applied to a different market. Oh man, I I, I wish I would like to see what the odds were for uh, for Top Gun making uh, the movie that got the most money uh, a year or so ago. Oh man, we could just we could just keep doing this for the rest of this interview. But that would be uh, yeah, that would, I, that'd be a dereliction of my duties. Uh, Josh, I wanted to ask you. Um, the news now that Austin Matthews is going to be out for uh, minimum three weeks. We'll see how long it actually is going to be with a sprained knee. How does that impact you betting on the Maple Leafs? We'll start with tonight's game against Ottawa. I know you and Carlo were talking about that, the birthday boy. Happy 50th birthday to Carlo Coriacomo. <laughs> but uh, what for you, uh, how does that impact, let's say, tonight's game? Everything has a price, Maddie. Like if for, let's use the analogy. You're not going to eat a worm for five bucks, but if I give you $2,500, you're going to eat a worm. There's always a price break, and we always put that into betting. How much is Austin Matthews worth? How much is home ice worth? So in hockey, we can put these things together. Uh, home ice, if you were at a neutral location and you went to a home ice game, you would be you would probably get an extra 25 points. You'd be shorter 25 points. So going from home to away, like in the case of a playoff game, there's usually a 50-point swing or maybe a 40-point swing with closer teams. So in players, we do the same thing. We saw it with Nathan McKinnon when he was out, uh, I believe, two weeks ago or so, three weeks. Austin Matthews, key players, are worth about as much as home ice, so 25 points. We saw Ottawa 
I believe Toronto was minus 250 earlier this morning, and they've moved yeah. all the way to minus 200, and they should not go shorter than minus 200 versus an Ottawa team that's pretty awful on the road. Yeah, it's, I, I see it at uh, FanDuel at minus 205, but yeah, I, I bet you could find minus 200. I was surprised, Josh, and uh, we could go bigger picture about this is, what impact does this have with you know, the, the next five, seven games of the Leafs, but I thought the over-under might be affected. It was six and a half this morning. It's six and a half now. I kind of like the under. I know it's Matt Murray and that. I know Ottawa has their issues, but oftentimes, you know, you lose a star player and it's like everyone is on their best behavior. And so everyone just is a little bit more defensively responsible, maybe plays a little bit more conservative with the big gun out of the lineup. I absolutely love the over tonight, Maddie. I mean, Matt Murray's out there practicing with goggles on. His confidence is low. His glove hand looks heavy. Uh, Anton Forsberg's the worst goalie on Ottawa compared to Cam Talbot, so there's that angle. And then you have to look at what Austin Matthews meant to the team defensively as a 200-foot player. He wasn't getting all the ozone face-off draws recently. That was given to Tavares. So there's that angle. I think this is a team that's worse defensively now with Matthews out, and I think the plus-minus versus his offense and his defense kind of negates each other. It's kind of a wash, so... I do like this, Matt Murray, start uh, to go over six and a half at even money. And it is a good point that Matthews has been one of the just, I mean, his defense has improved. Not that it wasn't good last year, but it was certainly even better this year. Uh, before we uh, move off the Maple Leafs, and maybe you don't have any, do you have any other sort of bigger picture thoughts about no Matthews when it comes to looking at betting on the Maple Leafs, or we can just move on. I, 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 def- I defer to you, my friend. It's sad as a better for me that he wasn't ahead in like goal race production or heart trophy stuff where betters could race and beat the books to that news and bet the, the second guy up for the heart trophy or the second guy up for the rocket trophy. Those are the edges. Those are the real edges betters have that can turn you into a profitable better. Moving over again, joined by Josh Ingles from covers.com. When I, I, I look at some of the futures for the things like the Hearth and Norris and the Vesna, and first off on the Hearth, it just seems very simple. Unless Connor McDavid gets hurt, there's no point betting because he's minus 550. Pasternak is 18 to 1. So it feels like to me the Hearth is almost there's not much to go for, not much to bet on there. I found it interesting with uh, Linus Allmark, minus 160. Do you just throw your money there? Boston did lose last night to Tampa. Or is there any value you see at the Vesna? Uh, uh, the only thing, like, I'll make this point clear, that Allmark is the best goalie in the league. But if he's yes. going to win the Vesna by playing 48 games or 49 games or under 60% of the games, we've never seen it. Shesterkin won last year with 53. Hellbuck the year before that with 58. No goalies ever played under 53 games and won the Vesna. So that will be a debate. And Jake Ottinger is really turning things on. I mean, division-leading team could be. They could get better with the trade. This is a goalie that could finish first in games played, first in wins, second in save percentage. Uh, he's just past Sorokin, and, Hall- and Hallibuck's also playing pretty awful. Both of those guys have a 2.5 goals against uh, and North since December 1st. So if Ottinger could come on here, he could finish second. And right now at the odds, I believe on FanDuel are 14 to one. It might be worth it just in case that the voters just think that Allmark playing, I don't know, what, 48, 49 games just isn't enough to garner enough votes. 
Yeah, where were those people when Zion Williamson got voted to the All-Star team? He's played like barely maybe even half the game of the Pelicans. Um, moving over to the NFL, and we you can give your, uh, you know, where you're leaning. I've, I've made my feelings very clear, but the NFC-AFC championship game, uh, and I was doing a little bit of just digging, and the 49ers, not great when it comes to defending the quarterback run. So then I'm looking at Jalen Hurts for get, getting more than 46 yards rushing. Uh, that's kind of like one little prop that I like. But I, I'm curious for you going into this weekend, how are you attacking the AFC and NFC championship games? Uh, I'm looking at Miles Sanders. I think obviously last week was an odd thing that betters are looking at. And they kind of just look at the box score and see Miles Sanders had 17 carries. Uh, but you won't know that it was 28 nothing before the end of the first half. And it was just a very positive game script. And the fact that you mentioned Jalen Hurst, that's great because I think there's so many mouths to feed in this offense on the ground versus a defense that doesn't give up a lot on the ground to begin with. Kenneth Gainwell looked good. Boston Scott get, got runs in the red zone last week. So I'm on Miles Sanders under 14 and a half carries. The market's going to 13. And a big part of these, uh, these handicaps here is the work you get in the red zone because in scoring drives, you can see running backs get three to four carries inside the red zone. But if Miles Sanders is getting the work that he's getting in the red zone that we saw last week with Boston Scott, Gainwell, and obviously Hurts poaching carries in there, it's going to be tough for him to get 15 carries. And just the fact that the 49ers just don't give up first downs and no team, only actually only Tennessee uh, allowed more, had a higher passing percentage against. So got to pass versus San Francisco to have success, which could hurt Miles Sanders on the ground. Which ways are you leaning? I'll, uh, I'll throw my cards out there. I like uh, the Bengals. I uh, got a point and a half underdog. I like the Bengals. I like Philly. And I'll even throw it out there on the alternate lines. I think there's a chance Philadelphia could win by double digits on Sunday. I also think there's a chance San Francisco could win by double digits. It all just depends on what percentage you think that will happen. Uh, I'm on San Francisco. I do, I do like San Francisco, and, and I do like KC. Uh, I think it's so funny that all of a sudden we're not talking about that Cincinnati offensive line anymore. Now we've kind of shifted to there. We have such recency bias. It's kind of disgusting, especially in the media. We forget about it. But like all last week, that's all we were talking about. They're still down three offensive starters on that Cincinnati O-line. And now they face a very underrated Kansas City pass rush. So I'll, I'm very interested to see what that is. But in, in knowing that, there's like Samaji Piran becoming a bigger role and when we're looking at these prospects for when there's only two games on the board or when the Super Bowl is coming, there's only one game. These big prospects, these big markets like Mahomes passing and A.J. Brown over receiving, they become the most efficient lines that exist. So smart batters are, are just uh, inquisitive batters should probably be looking at secondary secondary players like Samaj P. Ryan, Quiz Watkins, Trent, uh, Trent Irwin, Hayden Hurst, guys like that who their markets aren't as efficient as there might be a little more value in there. Any other uh, any other bets you want to throw out uh, before we let you go? Josh Ingles from Covers.com also is a Super Mario movie enthusiast. Oh, I'm going to take my kids like five times, and they'll be like, why are we going to see it again? Just, <laughs> just, just, to, just, to, pump, just to pump those worldwide <laughs> numbers. So, yeah, I love so it. hopefully that one goes. Uh, I don't know. Big futures. Futures are so fun, and now we're getting into the week where this is one of the most exciting future bet markets of the week. The odd bets. Uh, I'd put a good size bet down on Disturbia to be played at the halftime show for plus 900. There's Ooh. just, yeah, there, there's a ton of bets. 
right now. Books will literally take any bet you ask for. You can find them on Twitter and ask them, can you give me odds for this so I can bet it? They want I all your bet. action. I love it. I'm going to bet that Rihanna sings Umbrella. I love any song that rhymes Umbrella with Ella. So that's my bet. I think that's about minus 2,500 right now. Damn it. That's, that's right, that's right up your wheelhouse. That is. That that does perfectly fit with the uh, the Matt Cause cowardly bet of the day. Hey, Sorry, Josh. Minus 5,000. Minus 5,000. I was mistaken. It's okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you. Oh, well, but hold up. Does he have to play the whole song? As, as my producer, Chris Horvath, just whispered, it's going to be a medley. I think that's my next question. Do they have to play the whole song for me to win? Is it, do I just have to hear the word umbrella said once? Like, like, how does this work? No, we'll have to go into the house rules. That's, that's where there's a slight discrepancy sometimes, but minus 5,000, 98% implied probability. You probably right. want to look somewhere else for value, Maddie. I'm going to do that. I'm going to parlay that with Shine Bright Like a Diamond, which should take it down to minus 4,999. Josh, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. All right, Matty. I'll get you a drink at Carlo's Big Birthday Bonanza. I, I got the invitation. At, wait, is there? there's not one going on tonight, is there? No, no. Next month. I've already booked off the Saturday. Oh, nice. Okay. Now we just need to find a designated driver because his birthday, it's not on the subway line as far as I can tell. So I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to find, I'll uh, just take an Uber. You know what? We'll chat about that <laughs> off air. All the best, Josh. Right. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah. Take care guys. Have a great weekend. You as well. That is Josh Ingalls from covers.com. And yes, again, Carlo Koliakovo, 40 years old. And let's see, yeah, his birthday's coming up. Did you say uh, it, uh, did you say fifty during that interview accidentally uh, on purpose or I was just being a jerk. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, I was just, just clarifying. Being, I was just being where's Concord, Ontario? Is that far? Yeah, that it's very like north. In fact, that is where the Toys R Us distribution center is, and that's about oh. all I know about Concord, Ontario. Oh, okay. I like it. I like by the way, how quiet for people who don't know, uh Chris also works with uh, Toys R Us. Uh, how um, how quiet is it free? Like, how different is January versus December? So, last time I was in was Wednesday. I think there was less than 10 customers over an eight-hour span. So, mm. as somebody who works in customer service, you can bet your bottom I loved that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that must have been great. Man, you know what? One of these days in the summer... Ah, uh, you probably get in trouble. I'd love you to do a rankings of just you know the worst moments, but we won't do that. Oh, we maybe, won't. Maybe we, we will. You know, you never know. You never know. Stay tuned. That's just yeah. another reason to listen to gameplay. Two to four. Hell yeah. On the other side, we do our Friday podium, the top three stories that got our attention, and we will do that right after traffic. This is gameplay on TSN ten fifty. How much you want to make a bet? I can throw a football over the mountains. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Gold, silver, and bronze yogurt lids. It's time for Maddie to own the Friday podium. Now the bronze are really blue, and they're also the backside of the gold, so no flipping. And give us his top three sports stories of the week. That's right. It's time for gold and silver and bronze. 
We do it every Friday on the show. By the way, welcome back. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes' time, Adam Teicher is going to be joining us from ESPN NFL Nation, covers the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll ask uh, 17 different high ankle sprain questions with Adam. But it is time now for my gold, silver, and bronze. And for my bronze, this story that to me captured the attention the most this week in Toronto, it's everything involving Raptors trade talk. And instead of me talking about it, let's hear from Brian Windhorst talking about how the whole league is watching this Western road trip. The Raptors have just begun, I believe it's a seven-game Western road trip. Maybe it's six. They started it out with a win last night in Sacramento. That is what the whole league is watching because the Raptors have kind of indicated they're going to wait until the last week before the trade deadline before they decide which direction they're going to go. If the Raptors go on this trip and get, you know, bashed around, fall out of the playoff race, maybe they're looking to sell. Maybe Van Vliet's on the market. If they go on this trip and do really well, maybe they're looking to buy in a week and a half. So um, when it comes to Van Vliet or any other Raptor players, you can create scenarios. I don't think the Raptors know yet. Let's just keep an eye day-to-day here as they go through this long road trip. And that is, uh, for me, producer Chris Horvat. My bronze is every day we hear about, oh, Fred Van Vliet uh, would make a great fit with the Los Angeles Lakers. What's going on with Gary Trent? And just It seems like everyone in the NBA world is focused on the Raptors winning or losing because that could impact the NBA trade deadline. So that's my bronze. I mean, totally fair. I don't see how it, it, it's not on the list, right? Of course, I, I took a more fun approach to my list. You, yeah. Mr. Serious Broadcaster here, you took the That's right. the top stories, the actual news stories. But, I mean, you know, it's fascinating, but it's also kind of sad to see what's happening with the Raptors. You look over the last four or five years, and it, it really felt like they had emerged from sort of that air, that place where they were, where they were always an afterthought. It was like, who's going to beat them in the Eastern Conference Finals? And they really established that sense of culture that I think people were longing to see from them for a really long time. So to sort of see it circling down the drain now, Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., OG, they might be on their way out. It's uh, it's just a bit of a sad departure from the the golden era of Raptors basketball that, we, that we've seen over the last five or seven years. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to switch it up. My silver is taking a whole bunch of your fun stories. Chet Holmgren <laughs> got four NBA All-Star votes. The, the lanky center who is yet to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder after getting injured in the preseason has played zero games, has four NBA All-Star votes. I might take him over Zion Williamson. The DoorDash hoax guy walking onto the court of a college basketball game with a big thing of McDonald's. Um, the Vancouver Canucks fans for chanting, Bruce, there it is. And Shannon Sharp's cardigan. That thing was gorgeous and got uh, almost as much attention as Shannon Sharp did, who wandered on the court last Friday to challenge um, uh, Canada's own uh, Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's my silver and my gold, and I think it's an easy one, and it kind of ties into my next guest. But, Josh, has there been a bigger story this week than the high ankle sprain suffered by Patrick Mahomes? No, I mean, honestly, it's pretty rare that an injury kind of dominates as the top story. But when you look at what the Chiefs are expected to do and, you know, how good Mahomes is, 
it's no wonder that it's at the top of your list. I could totally see why. Um, you know, I, I've been doing First Up earlier this week, and birthday boy, Carlo Koliakovo, he said that there might be a bit of gamesmanship going on here, and he's not entirely sure how accurate this injury report is. I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, high ankle sprains are very serious injuries. They're they're basically one step away from breaking your leg. So, I mean, to, to see Mahomes out there and looking spry, looking kind of like his regular old self, I kind of wonder if there's a bit of a fire with that smoke there where what Carlo is talking about. Well, the only thing is, the only thing that's not gamesmanship is how gimpy Mahomes looked when he returned on Saturday night. You know, that's that's the one thing. Like, we could say maybe they're uh, they're playing it up or, or whatever they're doing. But, you know, I uh, it, it's the reason why I like the Bengals. It's the reason why I like uh, I like the Bengals on um, uh, on Sunday, and I know that Kansas City's now favored by a point and a half, and uh, and and we'll see. I hope he's one hundred percent. You know, I want to see. You know, th- there's nothing worse than when a team wins because of an injury on the other side. I don't want any. You know, yeah, buts. I want zero yeah, buts. I want this to be very simple. Um, whoever wins, they did did it because they were a superior team not because one of the top players was hobbling all over the field. It's true, right? I mean, in, in a lot of ways, this is the best football weekend of, of the year. You know, you, you get what we so. expect to be the best four teams in, in the NFL. And, you know, it, it, it's great to see that we have a true rivalry forming here between the Bengals and the Chiefs. I don't know that we've seen a rivalry quite like that. And I, I know it's been very one-sided so far. Burrow is 3-0. and but, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I am going to be in my seat well in advance on Sunday. I would, oh, not, yeah. would not miss that game for the world. Uh, let's get to some honorable mentions that did not make your podium. Joel right. Embiid for his Degeneration X. Joel? Self- Hold on. Joel? Jo- Joel. Joel Embiid. I don't know who Joel is. Joel Embiid <laughs> is nowhere near as good a player as Joel Embiid. I don't know, man. Scouts are saying you might be pretty good. Um, <laughs> Joel Embiid for his Degeneration X celebration against the Nets. So I was talking yes. about this with the first up boys yesterday. The the WWE has to try to get Joel Embiid, Joel <laughs> Embiid into, <laughs> a, into a matchup at some point, right? Oh, God, yes. And he'll do it. He'll do it in a heartbeat. Daryl Morey could say, you're not allowed to sign your contract. And and then Joel Embiid will give him the suck it motion because you're absolutely right. Uh, he's he's going to be doing, he, he, at some point, he will be in the squared circle. And, I mean, what a goon game that was with Philly and Brooklyn. There was like 63, uh, 63 free throw attempts. Uh, there was um, 45 pers- uh, personal fouls. That game was, uh, or fouls, that game was just nuts. And can I make a suggestion that uh, it fuses two of our topics here on the Friday podium together? Yeah. What about a Joel Joel Embiid versus a <laughs> Shannon Sharp WrestleMania match? Tell me oh, you would watch that. that. Oh, I'm watching it. I just don't know who I'm rooting for. <laughs> I don't know who I'm rooting for that match. Ooh, I would, that is a good I, I would probably be uh, rooting for Joel Embiid, who I have um, never pronounced wrong. I've never pronounced his name wrong once. Let's do one I think, more. Yeah. Paul Bissonnette and Henrik Lundqvist for playing an acoustic tribute to Rick Talkett mm-hmm. after he signed with the Canucks. Did, did you hear that? 
I I did. It was uh, it was uh, to quote uh, Julia Tashery on yesterday's show. That was pitchy. That was uh, that was pitchy between Paul Bissonnette and Henrik Lundqvist. I, I mean, but it doesn't. Yeah. I think he can hold the tune pretty well. I mean, he's not a pro singer, oh, yeah. right? But you know, he he didn't embarrass himself. I'm going to say this right now about Lundqvist. I don't want to see you with an acoustic guitar. I don't want to see you singing. You're too good looking. You don't get to have the acoustic guitar. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're trying to woo, if you're trying to woo women. Okay, that's not fair. Is there anything that's not that he's fair not for good everyone. at? Like, it seems like anything uh, this guy puts his mind to, uh, he can do it while looking dapper and handsome as hell. Yeah, believe him. I don't know why, but now I now I shouldn't be taking it out on him. But here we are. All right, Adam Teicher is going to join us next. Covers the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll do that after traffic, which is brought to you by Jan Pro, Canada's leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Trust the professionals at Jan Pro. Visit them today at JanPro.ca. This is gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy. Oh, now you gotta let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cos. And man, what a crazy weekend we got. You have got Leafs game on Friday and Sunday. Tonight against Ottawa. Sunday against Washington. And yes, no Austin Matthews. Knee sprain. He will be out for three weeks. But as I said before, um, in a lot of other contexts, if you lose your best player, it feels a little bit more like the um, it feels more like the, the, the sky is falling. But it doesn't feel like that with the Leafs. Part of it's about standings. We know they're in second place, and the odds are they're going to finish in second. Tampa only five games back with two games in hand, so maybe they could do some catching up, but I don't think we are going to see that. The other side is that the Leafs have played very well when Austin Matthews has not been in the lineup. The Leafs are a very talented team. They can handle this. There's also the All-Star game. There's a week off. There's a lot of bad games coming up. So it's not um, as dire as it might seem. Joining me now, and very excited for this because, as we talked about in the last segment, the biggest story all this week was a high ankle sprain, the one suffered by Patrick Mahomes. Adam Teicher is joining us now from ESPN NFL Nation. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs. Adam, how much have you learned about high ankle sprains? Or how about this? How much more do you know about ankle sprains now than you did a week ago? Uh, I could be a doctor. Um, I couldn't do anything but high ankle sprains, but I could specialize and I could operate. I feel like I could do uh, a lot of things with a high ankle sprain. So I am now consider myself an expert. Yeah, I, I feel like we all are. I, I, I got to yeah. tell you, Adam, I don't remember ever a period of time where I wanted to watch practice and players uh, just doing walkthroughs. But wh- I, I found myself for what, and I hated myself for this, but I found myself for one minute watching Patrick Mahomes just walk on a practice field. There you go. It's, it's been that kind of week. Um, and, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to play and, uh, and start. And, and so now the question is how effective he can be. Um, and so I, I, I don't know that we'll really have an answer for that until Sunday, until the game starts. Yeah, and I, I've said before that if we talked about all the quarterbacks, who is the most to gain this weekend if they win? And I get why people would say Brock Purdy. You know, this could be the uh, stepping stone for his career. For Jalen Hurts, he's looking to get paid. Joe Burrow could become the face of the league. 
But I went with Patrick Mahomes as the most to gain. Because one, if he loses, then he's two and three at home in AFC championship games. But more than that, the one thing we love is the heroics of a player coming through when injured. It's why we still talk about the Jordan flu game, even though that was from 1998. And I'd be just, if, if Mahomes is limping around but gets a win, I feel that takes him to sort of a higher status about how we view him. Yeah, I think that's a good point that, um, you know, he, um, you know, it, it, this is kind of a new frontier for him in that regard. Um, but beating the Bengals, you know, regardless of the situation would be a, uh, uh, you know, a deal for him just because, um, he, you know, he's uh, not, not done it before. Um, not, not certainly the Joe Burrow Bengals. So, uh, you know, any way you slice it, I think, um, you know, he's uh, certainly got, uh, got a lot on the line for sure. How impacted, like, and, and we don't know, and I, I, I just, this, we'll find out his health, I think, obviously, in that, his first drive against the Bengals. How different could the offense look on Sunday if Patrick Mahomes, if that high ankle sprain hasn't healed to what we've been hearing? Yeah, that's the, uh, the question, and I, I would assume that it would look a lot like it looked in the second half last week. You know, he led the league during the regular season in um, uh, passes from outside the pocket with 113. Well, he didn't throw any in the second half against uh, Jacksonville. So, you know, his game changed dramatically. You know, we, we, we know so much of his game is, is scrambling around and, and making throws on the move and getting out of the pocket and all that. And, you know, if he can't do any of that, he's going to be compromised. You know, and now having said that, I will also tell you that the Chiefs, um, um, you know, he, that he leads the league during the regular season in QBR in passes from the pocket. Um, you know, he uh, um, is able to um, to get the job done that way also. So, um, you know, I, I feel like he probably can be effective either way. So, um, but, I, I, hey, we, we really won't know until we get to Sunday. No, we no, we absolutely won't. Adam Teicher is joining us from ESPN NFL Nation covering the Kansas City Chiefs. If we take Travis Kelsey out of the picture, which is basically impossible, the Jags had no answer for him, who's the second most important offensive player for Patrick Mahomes outside of Kelsey? I think it's Kadarius Toney. You know, he's, uh, he's uh, got a lot of... Uh, a lot of Tyreek Hill in him. He, he, he can change direction so quickly and, 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 you know, he sticks that foot in the ground and he's, he's going a different direction so quickly and, and he's fast, maybe not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but certainly has the quickness. Um, you know, he, he came to the chiefs at mid season. So, uh, um, still sort of learning what he's doing out there uh, with his teammates. But I think he's got – he's the guy that needs to have a big game for the Chiefs if they're going to win this week. He did not play against the Bengals the last time around because of an injury, but uh, he, he'll be out there on Sunday for sure. And last question for you, um, what is the rivalry like between these teams? You know, there was people on Cincinnati calling it instead of Arrowhead, it was Burrowhead, and Kelsey was commenting on that. And, and right now Cincinnati's like the only team that's had consistent success against the Chiefs, which must rankle that team. But where are we right now in terms of these teams having a good old-fashioned football rivalry? Yeah, well, it's they're, they're not fans of one another. Let's put it that way. The Chiefs have not 
said a whole lot this week about the what some of the things the Bengals are saying. But Chris Jones, uh, you know, the Chiefs' big defensive lineman, he he kind of made some references. He he didn't say a whole lot, but he was kind of mockingly calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead. So you, you can tell it's he, he's bothered by all this. But you know what? Uh, Frank Clark, one of his teammates, said, "Hey, you know they have the right to call it. The Bengals have the right to call it whatever they want because they've been they've been beating us. And until we beat them, we really can't. Uh, we don't have a whole lot to say about it. So, uh, um, I, you know, that's a pretty good, uh, healthy way of looking at it. Until the uh, Chiefs uh, beat the Bengals, uh, the Bengals have the right to talk. Uh, I can't wait. There is so much on the line in this game." Uh, for legacies, for new legacies, and just so many storylines. And yet, at the end, all we're going to be doing in the first couple minutes is watching Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the main, the most exciting thing is going to be maybe watching him jog to the huddle the first time. That is going to be must-see TV, and then you're going to have the rest of the game. Hey, thank you so much, Adam, for joining the show today. Hey, anytime. Take care. That is Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs for ESPN. And... When I threw it out on Twitter, between Purdy and Hertz and Mahomes and Burrow, which quarterback has the most to gain? And I, I think everyone instinctively would have said Mahomes would have been last because he's got a Super Bowl win. He's had more success than any of these other quarterbacks, you know, especially, you know, Brock Purdy. So you go, oh, Brock Purdy gets this, last player drafted. They go to the Super Bowl. If they win, then... You know, what does this do for his next contract? What does this do in terms of his growth as a player? And that all makes sense. I totally get it. But for me, it's Patrick Mahomes. To me, Patrick Mahomes has the most to gain because he's already done everything. So what is left? The the only thing left on the, if you were going to do a check, if, uh, you know, just check the boxes of what makes for the ultimate legend. You got to be productive. Check. You got to win. Check. Got to win a championship. Check, check, check. He's done that. And then there's one other one that's not necessary to be a legend, not necessary to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when you have this one, you just go to another level. And that's overcoming great injury. That is overcoming great injury when the stakes are the highest. Even more so that we saw the injury last week against Jacksonville. We saw him hobble out. We saw Chad Henney come in and have the most overrated 98-yard touchdown drive. He had 23 yards on that drive, people. Don't start believing in Chad Henney. And then he was angry. Mahomes was. They didn't get to come back in. And finally did. Generated another touchdown. Kansas City got a little lucky beating Jacksonville. But if he could do that again against a superior opponent in a more important game, where the other quarterback is Joe Burrow, where that team has beaten you three times in a row, where that team is now calling it Burrowhead, and and the Bengals, they're feeling really good about themselves. Michael Jordan has the flu game. You know, Walt Frazier, you know, coming out of Madison Square Gardens, plays like, uh, 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 not, not, not Walt Frazier. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill me now. From the New York Knicks who came out um, from MSG and he was hurt. He came in, had a couple of baskets, and that was it. Uh, Willis Reed, Willis Reed. It's called the Willis Reed game. Look it up. It's from like the mid-70s, the last time the, the Knicks won a championship. Willis Reed, severely injured. No one thought he could play. Came in, made like two baskets. That's all he did. But it's a Willis Reed game. It's still remembered. I don't think I was bo- I wasn't born when that game happened, but I know it because it's the athlete overcoming the massive injury to succeed to win at a high, high, high stakes playoff game. 
Jordan beat Utah that year. That Utah team wasn't as good as the Phoenix Suns team. That Utah team, I don't, I don't know, was as good as uh, the Laker team. They won their first title with Magic Johnson. But we remember it because the flu game, because Michael Jordan overcame this massive illness. Now, Mahomes overcoming a high ankle sprain, that would be even more impressive. So I get the Purdy argument. And, uh, but for me, it's, it's all about Mahomes. Because we know this is going to happen, uh, Chris, if, if Kansas City loses, we're going to start to have the conversation of Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to say choke, but at the very least, Patrick Mahomes, if they lose to Cincinnati, now they're 2-3 and three at home in the AFC Championship game. That's not a good record. I mean, yeah, you know that somebody is going to come out there with that hot take. I mean. Well, okay, then what's the proper take? Because hot take infers it's based on emotion and not on fact. But well, if, 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 how do you view if a team gets, you know, does all the winning and then in the AFC championship game loses more than they win? I mean, it's pretty marginal difference, right? I think that's the important context. It's two and three. It's not 0 oh and five. If it was Correct. Like, if it was 0 oh and 5, okay, I think you have more of an argument there. But 2 and 3, like you know, you're 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 one game away from being 500 or better. And uh I I don't know, for me I I think people are bypassing what Patrick Mahomes does in the regular season, like just He's and, incredible. Yeah, and I, I I know the quarterbacks are judged on unfair things like team yep. win, team wins, Super Bowl wins, really things that they can't always individually control to the fullest extent but i mean anybody who regardless of what happens on sunday anybody who wants to go out there and say patrick mahomes is overrated or that he's not as good as people say give your head a shake that is a completely ridiculous take i i 100 percent agree 100 percent agree i do not think we are at the point of uh of you know choke overrated or anything like that but if cincinnati wins at the very least you're going to start thinking about Aaron Rodgers. You're going to start thinking about Aaron Rodgers, where it's like one of the all-time greats, one of the greatest ever throw of all. How did he only go to one Super Bowl? And if if Mahomes loses, we're not there yet, but it's like, wow, you know, now you're a year older. You know, you only have so many opportunities. Travis Kelsey, 32 years old, 33 years old. You then wonder, will Mahomes go down that road? Will it suddenly become about Burrow? And Is there at, something to think? Yeah. Adam actually just mentioned another good one as well. If he loses on Sunday, you might start seeing some LeBron James comparisons because obviously LeBron has, you know, for for everything that he's won, he doesn't have the best finals record. Uh, his, his conference finals records are okay, but I, I think that that's a pretty apt comparison in how people might view Mahomes uh, if he does lose again on Sunday. Yeah. And for Joe Burrow, if he wins, he's the he's the face of the league. That's it. He gets the title. He gets the title of, uh, right now, I'm the best quarterback in football. Can be taken away. No title is there forever, but he gets to have that title. If they win, he becomes the face of the league. For Philly, if Jalen Hurts wins, it just it's going to cement how much money he's going to get in his next contract. And for Brock Purdy, it's a nice stepping stone for a guy that we don't really believe in yet. So the stakes are incredibly high for all four of these quarterbacks, which is going to make for an incredible Sunday. And remember, 
if the game is bad, uh, the NFC Championship game gets bad, there's always the Leafs on, which is going to be weird because usually the Leafs are on Saturday. I don't know what anyone has planned for 7 p.m. on Saturday night, but it's not going to be watching. It is weird. Games. It's very weird. Friday, Sunday, Leafs games, they just yeah. Do- yeah. doesn't feel right. Uh, to me, they are a staple of my Saturday night. Yes. Damn you, NHL schedule makers. Damn you, indeed. We got to take a break. We got sound of the day coming up right after traffic. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. This is found money. I want to parlay it. I want to make a big score. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Sound of the day. Sound of the day. Here comes the sound of the day. Time now for sound of the day. The Raptors are taking on the Golden State Warriors tonight. Both teams coming off of impressive wins. And the interesting thing is the better that Fred Van Vliet pays, plays, excuse me, the better that he plays, the more you could get for him. But the better that he plays, it means the Raptors are going to keep winning. And if the Raptors are, keep on winning, they're not going to make any trades. They're not going to make any deals. You know, if this is a successful West Coast swing, then the Raptors are going to be more buyers than sellers. As we've heard, Masai Ujiri has said over and over and over again that um, they're trying to find every reason to keep the core together. However, I found this clip interesting. Former NBA player and now broadcaster of ESPN, Jay Williams, brings up a good point that Fred Van Vliet would work perfectly with the Lakers. I will tell you, there is one player in particular that I think would be a great fit on their team, and that's Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like his ability to space. He can play off of LeBron James. He brings that toughness that sometimes I feel like this team is missing from the guard position. And I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook can't. Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like his ability to space. He can play off of LeBron James. He brings that toughness that sometimes I feel like this team is missing from the guard position. And I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook can't be a good defender, but he's more focused on what he's doing offensively. You know, he's gotten better defensively. I think Fred Van Vliet can be one of the missing links for this team that can add to everybody personnel-wise on their roster. And if you could get one of those first-round picks that the Lakers have, like 2025 or 27, it's tempting to do because by that point, there's an excellent chance there's no more LeBron James. There's an excellent chance there's no more Anthony Davis. And then where are the Lakers? Now you could be getting a pick that's in the top five, top seven. It's up for debate. I am curious about this West Coast swing. I'm curious, how much do the Raptors build off of what we saw the other night in that win against Sacramento, where they held the best offense to 17 points in the third quarter, and they look like the Raptors team that we know so well. As for the Raptors, this game tonight against Golden State, you can listen to it, 9.30, right here on TSN 1050. And then Sunday, you got the NFC, you got the AFC Championship game. The other big story, of course, Austin Matthews is out for three weeks with a knee sprain. Sheldon Keefe said he noticed a little discomfort a couple times uh, throughout the last game. Didn't think much of it. Sore the next day. He got an MRI, and there was an injury. So that means John Tavares, game number 999, and John Tavares, game number 1,000 tonight against Ottawa, Sunday against Washington. He will be the number one center. Does this mean Nylander? Does he go to the All-Star game? Pontus Holmberg, that's the guy that could benefit the most from this. And he says it's a big opportunity for him. They've put him as the second-line center between Callie Yarncroc and Nylander. The rookie, 23 years old, five goals, seven assists in 30 games this season. 
The Maple Leafs actually have a better points percentage without Matthews and with them. But again, that's more because it's a smaller sample size. But that still is around 50 games, just under 50 games. So there is plenty of talent on this team for the Maple Leafs to be able to tread water and, and actually still do well with Austin Matthews out. That is going to do it for me. Everyone out there, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the Leafs. Enjoy the Raptors. Enjoy the NFL. Man, Monday's show is going to be fun. Legacies, uh, so much conversation to get into from this past this weekend to be. Overdrive is coming up next. A reminder, gameplay on TSN 1050 was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Time now for traffic.